0: scripture which we read book of genesis chapter 39 and verse 23 the last verse of the chapter the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand because the lord was with him with joseph and that which he did the lord made it to prosper Joseph is portrayed for us in the scriptures as a real man of God. He's one of the few spotless characters that we have in the Bible. We're told in the Bible about many great men of God, but almost every one of them has some great sin in their lives. You remember Noah, that fine man of God, And yet Noah was guilty on one occasion of drunkenness. Remember Lot, who vexed his righteous soul from day to day with the unlawful deeds of the sodomites. Lot is portrayed for us as one who was worldly. Abraham, the father of the faithful, he told a lie. He said that Sarah was his sister when she was his wife. Remember David. David committed adultery and then committed murder to cover up his adultery. You remember Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived, and he married some heathen women and went astray after their false gods with them. You remember Peter, so forthright in following Christ. Peter denied his Lord three times. Mark, who wrote that lovely gospel, he was finding a way hard with Paul and Barnabas, and so he turned back because of the persecutions and difficulties in the missionary journey. Remember Barnabas himself, that son of consolation, that man of peace, how he fell out, With the Apostle Paul. But here's Joseph. We're told a lot about Joseph, but we're not told anything bad about him. He was just 17 years old when he left home, and yet he never forgets his father's house or his father's God. That's amazing in itself. He had no Bible in his pocket, He had no minister or church to go to, no Christian friends to associate with, nobody to advise him. At the age of 17, he left home, and he left home in a sad way. His brothers, who were also men of God, his brothers sold him to be a slave. And despite all his Please and cries to them to be merciful towards him. They took the 20 pieces of silver and sat down and had a feast, quite glad to be rid of Joseph. You would expect Joseph to be extremely bitter. Bitter towards God and bitter towards his brethren. But no, How was Joseph enabled to be such a steadfast man of God, alone in the land of Egypt? There's only one answer. Grace, saving grace, persevering grace. In this world that is full of temptations, in this world where there are so many difficulties and problems and obstacles and trials, in this world where it is so easy to backslide and to make a mess of things, how can we keep on going and end up in heaven? Grace. My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. The grace which kept Joseph is available for you and me. No, It's not just available for you and me, but the grace which kept Joseph will keep you and me and everyone who puts their trust in Jesus. Kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. We don't keep ourselves. We can't, but he keeps us. So first of all, I would like us to notice how grace makes a slave to prosper. Grace makes Joseph prosper. Joseph had been given a position of prominence above his brothers. He was his father's favourite. Now we often hear people condemning Jacob for making a favourite of Joseph. But Joseph was God's favourite too. Joseph was special. You remember how God gave to Joseph two dreams and in one dream he was out in the field weeping with his brethren and his sheaves stood up and the eleven sheaves of his brethren bowed down before him. Joseph was God's favourite. And you remember how Joseph saw another dream of the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowing down to him. Even his father found that one hard to swallow. His father and his mother and his eleven brothers bowing down to him. But that was God's revelation to Joseph. And that was something that happened. Joseph was special. Why was he special? Because God made him special. And why is anyone special? And why is anyone successful? See me, see what I've done, see how gifted I am, see how clever I am, how successful I am. Oh, what a fool. Puny little man. No, see God. God who lifts the beggar from the jungle and makes him into a prince. God who takes the thing which is nothing and makes it into something. Let no man boast. There is no room for boasting. But we must rejoice in God, the great God, and the God who has made us great. Joseph was Jacob's favorite, and rightly so. He was special. God had made him special. God had given to him special grace. And so the coat of many colors that Joseph was given was but an acknowledgement of the special place that God had given to Joseph in that family. But the brothers were jealous of him. That's so natural, isn't it? Jealousy. When you see somebody getting on, you're jealous. And when you see somebody holier than you, you're jealous. At least that's the sin, the temptation. We're not always jealous and we shouldn't always be jealous. By grace, we are enabled to overcome temptations such as jealousy, and we should rejoice when we see holy people, and we should love them with all our heart. But the brothers were jealous, and they sold Joseph into Egypt. Now, Joseph knew what it was to be the son of a wealthy father, To live in prosperity, to have everything that he needed and wished for, but he lost it all. He ended up in poverty. The coat of many colors that he had was pulled off him and he was sold naked, a slave, into Egypt. Imagine the son of wealthy Jacob standing there in the slave market of Egypt along with other slaves naked people looking at him wondering how much they would pay for him one person offering this amount another offering that amount and eventually Potiphar buying him He had lost his wealth, he had lost his prosperity, he had lost his comforts, he had lost so much. But one thing he didn't lose, he didn't lose God. God still loved him, God cared for him, and God had his great secret purpose for Joseph. And so Joseph is bought by Potiphar, comes into his house and starts working as a slave. And we're told that he prospers. Why does he prosper? Is it because he is such an honest person, such a hard-working man? Is it because he is so good living? Well, all these things are right and proper in themselves, but that's not the reason why he prospered. We are told that he prospered because the Lord with him was with him. Verse 3. And his master saw saw something special, that the Lord was with him, saw the evidence of it, and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Even if we are slaves, we can prosper through God, God being with us. In America, there's the prosperity gospel, the idea that you believe in God and everything will work out well for you. Become a Christian, your business will prosper, your marriage will prosper, your health will prosper, everything will prosper. You'll have an easy time of it, and all things will work out well for you if you become a Christian. That's the teaching of some, especially these telling evangelists. But what happened to Joseph... He was a godly man and he ended up a slave. But that wasn't the full end of the story. There is a sense and yes in which you will prosper if you trust in God but you've got to look in the longer term. You've got to look at it in the full picture. Joseph in order to reach his full prosperity he had first of all to become a slave and then eventually became governor of egypt and so you and i might have to go through poverty and suffering and trouble and trial but one day we will have an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that fadeth not away we served in heaven for you who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. Serve God and you will be rich. In eternal terms, yes, but not in earthly and temporal terms. Some of us, it wouldn't be good for us if the Lord made us wealthy. Wealth could be a temptation to us. And could lead to degeneracy within our Christianity. Some of us are better Christians in poverty than in riches. God knows what is best for us, and God gives us what is best. Whatever Joseph did, he prospered in. His master noticed this, and so Potiphar made him overseer of his house. And when that happened, Potiphar's house prospered, and Potiphar's fields and farm prospered. And so he left everything in Joseph's hand, and great success came to Potiphar and his house. Now that was very strange when you remember that Joseph was just 17 years old when he entered Potiphar's house. Just a boy, and yet, This boy was made manager of this nobleman's house. That was amazing. And when you consider that Joseph would be struggling with the language of Egypt, trying to understand it, trying to grasp it, struggling with the language, struggling with the culture, struggling with his own homesickness, struggling trying to cope with the awful thing that had happened to him sold by his brothers cast out of his own home by his loved ones when he was trying to show kindness and love to them and now a slave and yet he was successful you see, God can make you a success even when everything seems to be against you And the whole world seems to be on the opposite side. God can make you a success. And God will make you a success. And every one of God's children will enjoy success. We must remember this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Prosperity is something that God gives. God gave it to Joseph, and God will give it to us. Grace makes the slave to prosper, and grace will make us to prosper too. Do you have grace? What is grace? Grace is Christ. Do you have Christ in your heart? Do you have him as your savior? If you don't, you're a poor beggar. But if you have Christ, you're wealthy. So that's the first thing we notice, how Joseph got on so well. Grace made him prosper. The second thing is that grace enables him to resist a terrible temptation. Potiphar's wife tries to seduce Joseph now that must have been very difficult for young Joseph it would have been very gratifying to his pride here was a woman not just a servant's wife but the wife of one of the chief men of Egypt it would be gratifying for a slave would it not That this woman was showing such interest in him, gratifying to his pride. And there's pride in every one of us and pride is something that we find it very difficult to overcome. That feeling of our own importance, that feeling that we're special, that we're something, that we're so wise or so sensible or so clever, that we don't do this and we don't do that and we're a little bit, a little bit special. So the temptation would gratify his pride. And then the temptation of Potiphar's wife was particularly strong, I am sure, because of the loneliness of Joseph there in Egypt. Joseph, you remember, was someone who had lost his mother at a very young age. And now he had been forcibly separated from the father who loved him. And his brothers had shown terrible hatred towards him. And here he is in the land of Egypt. No other Hebrew, no other Christian around, no, no one to whom he could relate, with whom he could share, who had the same sort of background and experiences, a captive in a foreign land loneliness he must have felt lonely and here was this woman who was offering herself to him it must have been a temptation in his loneliness and then further it must have been a temptation because yielding to it could lead to further favours Here was a woman who could give him many a thing, who could do much for him, his master's wife. It must have been a temptation to yield to her. There he was, a slave in this house with no rights. And yet, this temptation. And then, the temptation would be strong because it could easily be covered up. There were times when he was alone in in the house with his master's wife. It could be easily hidden. Ah, yes, but God sees. So important for the Christian is it not to remember that. You can hide your sins from everyone else. But the eye of God follows us wherever we go, into every dark corner, And to every secret sin, the eye of the Lord is there. It must have been difficult for Joseph to refuse too from this angle, that it would hurt his master's wife. It would hurt her if he refused, and it could lead to trouble. It would offend her, not yielding to her desire. She was his master's wife, she was his boss, she was the one who was really in control of him, as a slave he had no rights. It must have been very difficult for him to refuse. He knew what trouble she could bring upon him and what trouble she did bring upon him, how he ended up in prison. And yet he refused the temptation. And then further, the temptation was difficult because of the persistence of it. If it was just a one-off thing, well, you could resist that, yes. But day after day, she kept tempting him. Day after day, she sought to lead him astray. Now that must have been very difficult. It's one thing to resist a temptation once but to resist it day after day after day. And then further, eventually it came to the point where on this day she actually grabbed him. How difficult it must have been to resist the temptation. There was so much pressure, so much seduction, so much, you might say, of common sense that would say to him yield to it. How could this young lad resist? There he was in this foreign land. There he was in this vulnerable situation. There he was with this woman who very likely was extremely attractive. The flesh in him would say, yield to her. The devil was saying to him, yield to her. The woman was saying, yield to me. How did he resist the temptation? Grace. Grace is the secret, God's grace, God's restraining grace. You and I have our temptations too. They might be very different from the temptation to which Joseph was subject. Perhaps it's a temptation to drink, and you find it so difficult to resist, and yet God can enable you to resist. Maybe it's a temptation to bad temper. And you say, how can I stop? It's just me. It's so natural for me. I'm in situations where I just blow up and I cannot control myself. Grace can enable you. Perhaps it's worldliness the cares of the world and the things of the world and the world comes in upon you and you find it so difficult in the midst of the busyness of life and all the pressures to retain your love for God and not to be submerged by the world. How can you survive? My grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. By grace are ye saved, through faith and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Beware of self-confidence. Self-confidence is the first step to sin. Self-reliance, it's hopeless, but if you trust in the Lord, then you're mighty. Last Wednesday night down in Edinburgh we had some difficult decisions to take and I was very conscious of feeling a sense of weakness and frailty and the difficulty of the situation and the difficulties that confronted our church. And then I looked up and in the room where we were met the Presbytery Hall of the college there's some verses, two or three verses, written along the roof of the church, the ceiling of the church, of the Presbury Hall. And one of the verses that that was there was the verse without me you can do nothing. And I found a great blessing in just looking at that verse and thinking about it. Without me you can do nothing. Why should we try to do anything without him? Anything we try to do it will be a failure anyway. So look to me, says the Lord. Without me you can do nothing. But then there's the other side of it. With me you can do everything. Why should we be afraid? Why should we worry or be troubled? Why should we be perplexed or downhearted? Through my God assisting me, I overleap a wall. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Without me, you can do nothing. Oh, that we would have faith, trust, dependence, and the Lord, he will work out everything for us. If only we would trust. Rely upon the Lord. Rely upon him, and you, he will make you as strong as a lion. Rely upon him, and you will overcome every difficulty and problem maybe you're saying to yourself I couldn't become a Christian I couldn't keep it up I couldn't resist this temptation that temptation I couldn't stop this or that I couldn't stop drinking I couldn't stop whatever it might be think of Joseph how amazingly he resisted temptation It wasn't the secret strength of a 17-year-old boy. It wasn't some great resistance that he had in him because he was some superman. Joseph resisted temptation because God gave him the grace to, And God can give the grace to you too. And by grace you can be mighty. And you can defy Satan. And you can defy every temptation. You can do all things by grace through the help, the strength, the favor, the encouragement of God. Finally, the grace exalts Joseph in prison. Grace makes the slave to prosper, Grace enables the slave to resist a terrible temptation, and grace exalts the slave in prison. Joseph's master naturally believes his wife, and she's furious, and he is furious with with Joseph and puts Joseph into prison. Actually, the prison was in the captain of the guard's house, in his own house. Chapter 40 and verse 3 tells tells us that. So the captain of the guard, Potiphar, was the man who was in in charge of the prison, the prison of Egypt, the, the king's prison. So Joseph is there put in prison. But God doesn't forsake him. Joseph's prosperity is gone once again, so it seems. He has been witnessing to the truth. He has been standing for the Lord and everything seems to have gone against him. Like like the Lord Jesus Christ, he is suffering for his faithfulness. He is suffering false accusations against him. You can imagine Joseph saying to himself, why am I in this mess? Where are you, Lord? Why is everything going wrong? I've tried to keep your commandments. I've tried to do what is right. Lord, I'm trying to serve you. And I end up sold as a slave into Egypt. I try to serve you as a slave. And I'm thrown into prison. With false accusations. Yet God was with him. Grace was sustaining him. And we're told, the keeper of the prison looked not to anything that was under his hand, because the Lord was with him. And that which he did, the Lord made it to prosper. And so the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners that were in the prison, And whatever they did there, he was the doer of it. And so eventually, Joseph finds himself in charge of the prison. It's amazing how he's knocked down time and again, and yet he rises up. When I fall, I shall arise again. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. That's the child of God. Many knocks, many blows, often cast down, but every time, rising up again. When I fall, I shall arise again. When I sit in darkness, the Lord shall be a light unto me. And so Joseph is exalted in the prison. Be faithful to God. Keep his commandments. Trust in his grace. And you will ride out every storm. Whatever false accusations might be laid against you, doesn't matter. Whatever rumors, doesn't matter. Whatever troubles or difficulties, doesn't matter. God is the rock of my salvation. God is my refuge and my strength. God in the midst of her that dwell, nothing shall her remove. Grace. Do you have grace? Or are you a stranger to grace and to God? It's a wonderful thing to have grace. And amazingly, God is offering you grace today. Come to him and he will give you grace. Let us pray. Gracious and ever-blessed God, grant unto us thy grace. We praise thy name for the way that thou hast given us grace in times past. We praise thee for thy sustaining grace, thy restraining grace. We bless thee, Lord, for persevering grace. We we praise thy name for all the favor the unmerited favour that Thou hast shown to us in Thy grace. Bless us each one. Bless those who are strangers to grace. Lord, we pray that even today Thou wouldst touch the heart of one here to seek Thy grace for themselves and not to give up seeking till they find. And grant that we would all of us know Thy saving grace in our lives, for Jesus' sake, Amen.